what's up y'all it's your girl ak and you're tuned into ak unfiltered how are you all doing today i hope you all are doing extremely well i'm doing good you know just chilling you feel me y'all already know the vibes same type of vibes every day all day period okay now y'all already know the deal y'all know i gotta talk about this but make sure y'all are literally taking precautions and keeping yourself safe healthy gloves mask 60 percent hand sanitizer washing your hands with warm water and soap and soap do not forget the soap period because people was dead ass washing their hands without soap that to me is insane but it is a thing and also make sure y'all are literally taking warm baths um drinking hot tea rona does not like hotness apparently um make sure uh an, a tip take a shower with deatol deatol or whatever it's called it's basically an antiseptic you can take it as your you know you can use it as you're taking a shower um and it just helps to literally you know get you know certain certain particles off your body certain harmful particles off your body and that's on period okay before we get started today's episode i gotta do the black business of today the black business of today is outlashed by paris uh so this is basically an eyelash business um lash your life period lash your life this is outlashed by paris she has one two three four five five different uh lashes one is called toxic another one is called bougie another one is called stuck up yeah stuck up the other one is called sneaky link and the last one is called talk to me i really like the uh the box that these lashes are in like it reminds me of um you know ladies if you have a jewelry box that's what the packaging of the lashes remind me of uh so she does lock she does this is this this business is by paris she well her real name is Brittany. she does local job offs and also shipping as well she is based in new jersey so if you live in new jersey and you need lashes get chores by outlashed by paris okay i'm going to leave the description to the business instagram and also the business owner's instagram in the description below so yeah period now let's get started in today's episode so today we're gonna be talking about entanglement we're gonna be talking about jada will smith and jada jada smith jada pinkett smith right we're gonna talk about that so i've been meaning to talk about this for quite some time i know i'm late this came out like what last week i know i'm late but i actually wanted to listen to both the interviews we'll watch both the interviews so i can get a a a how I explain it like a, a better sense because you know we only see snippets of the interview on um social media and so i just want to get like the full scope before i give my opinion on it because child so if you did not listen, I mean not listen. If you did not watch the the interviews, you're gonna listen to them today. I got my applesauce here, y'all. Applesauce when it's cold, it's it slaps, it slaps. 
Um, and y'all, August Alcina literally made a whole song called Entanglements. Like, I know you better get your coin, sis. You better make your coin off of this. You you better capitalize off of this. Period. He has three three little girls that he's taking care of. So I I'm here for it, as he should. As he should. I hope this interview is oh, this interview is like an hour. This interview is literally like a whole hour. <sighs> okay, we're gonna watch it. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Okay, this is a whole hour interview. All right, what's up? Well, I'm Angela Yee, and I'm really excited. I know this feels, you know, formal because you look really nice, and I'm wearing my quarantine outfit. You look perfect. But August Alcina <laughs> is here. Hey, August. Hi, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's weird. Like, I just feel like I've watched you grow up from when you first, you know, came out as an artist and to see where you are today. Your album just came out as we're filming this yesterday. Yes. And there's 27 songs. 27. Yeah, State of Emerge on C. Yes. Part three. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it because we were discussing how, first of all, it's been a while since you've been doing interviews. Absolutely. And you even said you're like a little nervous. I am. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's evident I'm trying to, you know, calm myself down a little bit, you know, as exciting as it is when you get to put out music and express yourself through, through, through your art, the amount of energy that you receive from it and from people is a lot to take on. The same way they say about God, when two or more are gathered in his name, that's when you channel and bring in the presence of God. And I feel like it's the same way with uh, people when the energy and intention is set on you, you know, whether good or bad, you feel that. It's exciting and invigorating, but it, you know, is a little nerve-wracking at times. <laughs> it's part of the process. And you put out the documentary series also. Mm -hmm. And it's a five-part docuseries. And I feel like we really got to learn so much about you. I know we know some things about you, which yeah. really connects people to your music, yeah. just because there's some common things that sometimes we look at celebrities and celebrities seem so perfect. But you've, right. I think, always been really honest about things you've been going through in your life, and this dug even deeper into it. So yeah. I do want to talk about that. How long were you filming that? I started to film that, I think, way back in 2015. So for it to finally come together, it's really been a long time coming. And, you know, part of it was, uh, you know, due to time. Mm -hmm. But another part of it was also uh, I felt like I was still in the process and kind of still in the oven baking and still trying to give birth to it. And, um, you know, to see it finally come together, is, it's beautiful. But the other side of it was that I was probably a little nervous, you know, mm -hmm. to open myself up like that in that kind of a way. Um, it feels like, you know, being completely stripped naked right. in front of the eyes of the world. And I think deeper than stripped naked, it feels like as if my body were turned inside out. It's been a long time coming, but I felt it was so necessary because everybody's so worried about mm -hmm. what people think. Yeah. The purpose for me was to hopefully be a voice to people in the world by exposing 
myself through the art and hopefully allowing people to see themselves through it as well. Yeah, yeah I feel like watching, because I watched the docuseries before I listened to the album, mm -hmm. and that helped because it was like I was able to connect your real life experiences right, right. to the music. So when you <clears throat> listen to a song, I'm like, okay, he talked about this mm -hmm. in the documentary because it really is what you've been going through. Yeah. And 27 songs worth of it. That, by the way, has <laughs> had an amazing response so far. Yes, yes. And I think that's, uh, it says a lot because 27 songs <laughs> is a lot. That's and I know a it's lot. a lot for people to Shit. digest, but it's beautiful to to feel that love and, and feel people embrace it, you know? And I, I, I truly do think it's because of other people getting to see themselves. I think the documentary definitely played a huge role. It allowed other people to be able to see themselves and see themselves through me and also be able to look at my family and see that we are really all more alike than we are different, you know? You also have Tupac in there, kind yes. of threading the story along. Yeah, I mean, Pac is known to the world for his brilliant mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the footage and things that he was hitting on is so relatable. And he was so young at that time, I yeah. think people don't even think about. Exactly, exactly. And I get to see myself through the thoughts that he sparks, you know, throughout mm -hmm. the con conversations. but. It also shows how much a lot of life has been stagnant and it hasn't really changed for so many people, for, especially for so many black people. Because he's talking about uh, oppression in there. And this is years ago when Pac was a child. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the way that black people Our are treated. Baby. There has been a lack in forward movement and forward progression uh, in the world when it comes to black people and the culture of black people. Even family, like family is clearly so important to you. And I feel like we Absolutely. knew that. And your mother. My was, mother. <laughs> yeah, I know that's so complicated to even. No, but you know what though? I, I really wanna honor my mother, the way my mother has embraced me and supported me through this journey. You know, she really gave me a blessing to do whatever and speak my truth and really take account accountability for a lot of the trauma that my brothers and my family we've we've encountered you know none of these things make our parents bad people it just is and, and these things are like teachable experiences and teachable moments what I have now come to realize because I think I used to really be hard on my mother just because I wanted a certain type of thing from my mother um, and I feel like I've been forced to grow up in this world um, alone. But what I realized about my mother is that there are certain things that has been deficient when it comes to may or may not have showed up for her. Uh, like, I don't know my grandfather. Mm -hmm. I don't know her father, and he's alive, right. you know? My grandmother actually just passed in March uh, God rest her soul. I just remember always saying, tough love. When anything would come right. up, tough love. You gotta give tough love, uh, tough love. And, uh, you know, I can only imagine what my mother's experience has been uh, when it comes to her parents. And I don't, I don't really know my mother's story like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
it taught me to cut my mother some slack because I don't know her story. And um, I, there's no rule book, there's no blueprint to how to be a parent. And I think I've always wanted my mother to be a certain thing for me in my life, especially when I look at other people and you know whatever relationships they may have with their parents. My mother, she just didn't have it to give. Right, it's like that generational, you talk about the PTSD mm -hmm. from what we've seen, what we've experienced growing up. Mm -hmm. And so she may not have been able to give you. Yeah, it's, you, I mean, you only have the capacity for what you have the capacity for. It doesn't make you any less than or more than. People can only meet you where they have met themselves, right? But I'm sure she also understands you feeling the way that you did. Yeah, absolutely. For so long. Which is why it's so beautiful to uh, just have a blessing. I, I feel like throughout my life, I don't ever actually feel like I've had my mother's support in the way that she's been mm -hmm. supporting me throughout this journey to, to freedom. It's been the, the most beautiful experience. And my mother and I, we've, we've come a long way. We got a lot further to go, you know? Mm -hmm. It's been a beautiful I just, <laughs> I just peeped how August Alcina his 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 outfit, oh my gosh! This this man got hat. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just peeped how one side is like a tan, and the other side is plaid, and this hat on his head it's not even fully on his head. Like, wow! I just realized. But let's get back beautiful experience and I just I honor her and I admire her for her growth I really do did she see this before it came out mm -mm. nope and she, she saw, said it, anything? saw it like everybody else she yeah she did she she hit me every night and she some nights she like wow August God really has chosen you God has put his hands on you and the other night she like I'm so emotional and I'm I'm in tears because it's just so beautiful and you know, it's a different thing when you get to see it in a different way, right? When you mm -hmm. get to see something on film, I think it gives you a different perspective about your life, you know? And I think what's most important about this is that none of this is an attack on anyone. Any of the stories that I shared in, in the documentary isn't an attack towards anybody. It simply is me sharing my story and some of my life and how painful some of that has been right. to mm -hmm. show how pain can be a gift for us. I think I used to complain a lot about the amount of massive, tremendous yeah. pain that I felt. You've been through a lot, August. It's been a, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been a really rough road. And a lot of times I, I really did believe that I would die. Oh I, I truly believed that to come out on the other side. And I'm still in my process, you know to be able to use it and um, show people that you can transform it. You know, that's real life alchemy. You can transform that pain into something that you would like it to be for yourself. And for me, I just wanted to use this to be able to put towards the offering in the healing of my family, you know, right. because I think for so long, there has been so many things that you have to walk around, right? And it's like, these elephants inside of this room and I said no I can't breathe in this motherfucker you know what I'm saying like I'm the reason why I'm like smiling is because I seen this this 
this video, this video on um Twitter, people was talking about, you know, the mask and stuff like that. You know, it's hot. So because it's hot, people are wearing the mask. This they they took this clip and it just it just makes me smile. But let's let's get back to the interview. Suffocating. I need this off of me to make more room for what's actually supposed to be. Okay, wait. I just think it's really funny how people are able to turn anything into memes, like, or just anything that's, like, funny. Like, people are just able to turn it into some sort of comedy. It's crazy. But, okay, let's get back to the interview. Me, but I can't maneuver around this anymore. It literally is the equivalent to someone's knee on my neck. Right. And I think black people have been constantly told to mm-hmm. everything That's a fact. shut up about. Everything. Everything. And like you said, you can't hear what you don't reveal. Black people are expected you take it on the chin. Oh, that's what you, you're supposed to do because black people are strong, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens when you are tired of being strong? What right. happens when you are actually weak? You know, we've been taught that f- f- since the beginning of time of black people, we have been oppressed forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. And it has not stopped, as we can see. Yeah. We're in the midst of all of that right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this is a, a new time where um, the universe is requiring something different mm-hmm. from people. People are rising up and finding a strength within themselves from suffering from that type of oppression and suppressing so much stuff, repressing so much stuff, pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And then what happens is my spirit and my mind and my body becomes bogged down and I am heavy. I, I can't move anymore. Mm-hmm can't operate my body right. and it starts to affect your nervous system literally mm-hmm. my body starts to shut down from the amount of weight and pressure that I feel from just being quiet about every little thing everybody's got all these secrets and you're supposed to whisper or don't say nothing about anything that you feel your feelings are not valid and that's not cool. I mean, you even talk about being molested and mm. your mom witnessing that. So was that a huge release for you to be able to say that? And um, I did not know that. Absolutely. With those kinds of situations, um, it can be so normal to you up until a certain age, right? And mm. then you realize, whoa, actually, that's not normal at all. And again, as I said in the documentary, that, me expressing that wasn't even about the act, right? Because you can look up to a person so much and admire a person so much and you're like, I love this person, I want to protect this person. But for someone to have tampered with you in that kind of way and still be able to have like this evil energy towards you, I don't understand that. But you know, narcissism is is really real. Yes, it is. I mean, and those type of experiences, they affect you greatly, you know, psychologically. And you might not right? even realize it at the time. Yeah, you don't really realize it while you're in that moment. But it affects you when you 
don't speak on certain things. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody should tell the world their business. Right. You process things and deal with yeah, it how you deal with it. Everything's not a, for everybody. But for me and what I felt called to do and felt led by God to do was to use my voice to uh, help other people release whatever it is that they are feeling or whatever they're going through because the world needs a real healing. Everybody's really hurting as if people are waiting for uh, permission, you know, from someone else to go after what it is that they feel like they want, to go after happiness, to go after freedom. So many people are waiting for permission for it. I just felt it very necessary uh, to try and be that voice mm -hmm. and be courageous enough to be it, you know? And again, as I said, even in that situation, it doesn't define that person, who that person is. It doesn't make that person a bad person. I truly don't believe that. Well, I guess that's <laughs> difficult to say because that is... Uh, it's difficult, but... Uh, certain things do make people bad I mean, people, I feel like. I think certain things make people have made a bad decision in the moment. You never know what that person's history is, right? And I'm not saying that's an excuse because it's not an excuse at all, but I do just want to acknowledge the fact that things happen to people that mm -hmm. we don't know about, and people mistakenly or whatever repeat that thing and, and project it onto someone else. I'm not here to condemn anybody, right? And I'm, I'm not even here to judge you because I'm at a space in my life where I only have love. I don't have the energy for anything else. I mean, that's how I feel with, with love I, I feel. I don't have the energy to devote to anything negative because this life is tough, man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I know that people make decisions that sometimes, you know, they may or may not have meant. You know? Was there ever an apology or a recognizing? No. Mm -mm. no. Well, okay. Nope. I don't even need it, you know. I forgive myself. And when I can forgive myself for anything, I didn't create the space to be able to have forgiveness for you. People are lacking love out this motherfucker. You have an episode on what is love. Absolutely. And one thing that people ask, like, who is August linked to romantically? Because you're never very open about that. Like, we've seen you, mm -hmm. you know, out on dates, and we've, we've assumed certain things. Mm -hmm. And I remember you put out this song, Nanya, mm -hmm. and a lot of people were saying, okay, you know, August is dating Jada Pinkett Smith, and mm -hmm. that was something that was circulating as a rumor, and that kind of solidified it to people. So right. what was the real situation with Jada Pinkett Smith? Because I don't know if you were pursuing her or mm -hmm. you guys had just a close family type of relationship, and yeah. I would love for you to be able to shed that. Hey, what's going on, guys? Robbie Blanchard here. How would you like to make $1,000 in a day? Would that change your life? Well, if that's the case... Here's what I'll say. Um, people... Y'all, y'all don't understand. This, 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 this interview is, an, is, a, is a whole hour. And people, this, it hasn't even reached a 30 minute, the 30 minute mark. And people literally took a snippet of this interview and went crazy on social media. Like, it's insane. People can have whatever ideas that they like, but what I'm not okay with is uh, my character, you know, being 
in question. Mm -hmm. When certain things are questionable that I know it's not me or that I know that I, I haven't done, you know, contrary to what some people may believe, I'm not a troublemaker, you know? I don't, I don't like drama. Drama actually makes me nauseous, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I also don't think that it's ever important for people to know what I do, who I sleep with, who I date, right? But uh, in this instance, it's very different because as I said, there's so many people that uh, are side-eyeing me, looking at me questionable about it. I mean, I've lost money, friendships, relationships behind it. And um, I think it's, it's because people don't necessarily know the truth, but I've never done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I love those people, right. literally, like my family. I don't ever have, I don't have a bad thing to say about them. They are beautiful people. You know, when something starts affecting my life, um, and not only affecting my life, but affecting my wellness and my, my well-being, and also starts to block my heart, my heart space is blocked. I don't really have a choice but to express my truth. I actually sat down with Will and had a conversation due to the transformation from their marriage to life partnership that they've spoken on several times and it, you know, not involving romanticism. Mm -hmm. He gave me his blessing and I, I totally gave myself to that relationship for years of my life, you know, and I truly and really, really deeply loved and have a ton of love for her. Um, I, I devoted myself to it. I gave my full self to it. So much so to the point that I can die right now and be okay with knowing that I truly gave myself to somebody. Right, you did the right thing. And I really loved a person. I experienced that. I know what that that feels like, and some people never get that in this lifetime. So I'm, I'm, I know that I'm completely blessed. And this conversation is, is difficult because there's so much that it would be hard for people to um, understand. But once it starts to affect me and my livelihood, I have to speak up about my truth and stand on my tin with anything that may come along with it. Is it disappointing that she never addressed it? Um, to you because, like you said, you lost out on opportunities, yeah. and if there's you know, a... I, I really can't even, I never even can get into the thought of that because I'm only responsible for myself, right? And I'm only responsible for, uh, you know, what I do. When I'm repressing and suppressing things and it starts to affect me, I have to address it. I just always stay silent because I never want to be the, the person to cause confusion because I love these people. Right. I really genuinely do. And I have literally never been in love in that kind of a way. So much so that being intertwined in that way, walking away from it, butchered me. Like I, I'm shaking right now because right. It, it, almost, it, it almost killed me. I Not almost, it. It, it, it did, it pushed me into being another person, my newer self. It broke me down. It was a part of me 
being paralyzed, trying to pull myself apart from it, is probably will be the hardest thing that I've ever experienced in this lifetime. And uh, you know, it's difficult because I, again, I never want to be the person to cause any confusion or step on, on toes, right? You wanna be honest. But I, I wanna honor myself and I wanna honor my authenticity. And if honoring my authenticity means you hate me, stone me, shoot me, crucify me, whatever, bury me an honest man. I saw on the What Is Love episode, you also talk about just what love is, like a car, two cars just crashing together. Mm -hmm. And you described after your sister passed away, just mm -hmm. having to disentangle yourself from yeah. that yeah. relationship. That definitely uh, played a huge role in it. You know, I, <sighs> you know, it, it it hit it hit different when you uh fuck. Take your time. It's, fine. it's a different experience when you standing over your sister's dead body and she was just here and alive and then she's suddenly dead, right? And I remember standing over my sister and I was weeping, wailing. And I can remember my cousin kept pulling me off her saying, she gone, you gotta let her go. And little did she know I wasn't only weeping about my sister, I was mourning myself. I was grieving myself as I knew it because I died in that moment. Who I was, everything that I thought that I was, everything I thought I knew about myself, it died. And I couldn't be that human being any longer. I saw my sister die and she never got to live her full life. She was so afraid of everything, literally everything get my sister a car, she's scared to drive. She's never driven a car because she's scared to get on the interstate. After my brother got killed, she was scared of everything. Right. And she never lived her full life. And I just don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. I want to live my life on full. I want to die empty. Whatever that means, giving myself to my, my three kids now, mm -hmm. giving myself to love or a relationship, giving myself to my career, devoting myself to being a healthy person. I have to give my full self to something because that's what makes me feel alive. So it lets me know that I have life in my body. Honestly and truly, love is really all that really is. Yeah. There's nothing else. We don't have anything else. My, all I have of my sister and all I have of my brother is the love that they have made me feel and the love and memories with them, the love they have given me, the love that I've given to them in return. That's it. That's the only thing real. And I just don't want to do anything on this earth 
if it doesn't involve that any longer. Mm -hmm. Before, I was okay with that. Before my sister left this earth and she rocked my world because she showed me so much about what's true. I never get it back. But what I do have with me stays with me forever. And that's the way my sister loved me, supported me. My sister supported me so much that she got August, Team August tatted <laughs> on her when I was way younger. I don't even think I was famous. <laughs> but they believed in me like that. My brother believed in me like that. Right. He lied to people when I was a kid. Like, oh, yeah, you know my brother, he got a deal. You heard me? <laughs> he was manifesting that, and he spoke that over my life. Right. All I have left of them is their beautiful kids. I just was telling my oldest daughter that I was like, wow. Because she been every day like hitting me super excited about, oh yeah, uncle, it's going down. Like, <laughs> do you know? Do you know that you are August, baby? That she always said, <laughs> right? And she she supports me and she loves me in the way that she supports me. And her energy is unmatched. You know, she she really reminds me of her mother with the way she she go hard for me. That's why I love that song on the album that you dedicated to your nieces. Thank you. Sincerely. Yeah. What did they say when they heard that? Um, they expressed themselves in very different ways, right? I think that a lot of times they are afraid to like express show love emotion. and show emotion. Yeah. It's tough, you know? Because we're so programmed to act like cool and... Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough for it's tough, and especially, I think that they have experienced a certain amount of trauma and mm -hmm. a certain amount of pain that really affects them. I'm just always, you know, trying to be there to remind them, like, yo, it's all love. They may not directly say something about it, but my oldest, she, she letting me know what's good <laughs> off top, because that's just how she coming. But, you know, my youngest, she might, like, she'll send me a song and she's singing, and she's singing it, right? And she's like, how does it sound? Is it really good? Like, don't lie to me. You know, she has a beautiful voice. My middle, she's so quiet. I think that she, a lot of times, is afraid to express herself. And I think also because I look so much like her father to her. Mm -hmm. That is scary, right? It's not foreign to me because I was always the weird, weird kid in my house, right? I'm, I'm the only one that uh, come from my father. All my brothers, they had the same father. Um, my mom, my mama would be like, yeah, he's my weird kid. That's my weird baby. And, uh, you know, it's because I was so expressive, right? And I'm always, like, super loving. And I, I, I was so I was always kind of the odd uh, kid out. So, you know, I know that by continuing to be in the flow of love and continuing to express love and show them that it's okay, it's okay to feel, it's okay to feel anything you feel, whether good or bad. Sit with those feelings, sit with those emotions, and, you know, learn how to navigate through them. And uh, I think that I'm just here to be of assistance in that journey for them, you know, through their emotions. But they're excited. They are little creatives of their own, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, they're all into different things, and they, they have a drive, and they want to do... Uh, certain things in this life. I spent about six to seven months uh, in New Orleans and slept on a couch every day uh, after my sister died to just be there. 
show up for them and be able to create a space for them to just completely fall apart. You're in the existential crisis, right. be a foundation for you to fall apart and be whatever you need. And just to be present. I was already planning to move out uh, the crib in LA and I'm like, yo, after those seven months, I'm like, yo, I gotta get back to LA to check on the house, get everything moved out. You know, at first they're like, nah, 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 you can't, you can't leave. And I'm like, yo, well, we can, we can be broke together. <laughs> Y'all want to do that? Everybody can sit you're around like, here. All right, well, call me when you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can be broke together, you know. And then that the tune changes, like, oh, okay, all right. You know, we we'll, we'll see you when you get back, right? And uh, uh -huh. so I finally got to get back to my own space, and then. It didn't go as planned. I thought I would be right back in New Orleans and finding a, a spot out there for us. As soon as I got back into my own space, my body just started to decline. And it, it just hit me like a train, you know? And I think that being a safe haven for them and their emotions uh, in, in, in that time, I never really dealt with my own. And I thought I did, right. you know? But I, I guess I was kind of neglecting it and um, wasn't really aware of it. And you're being strong for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, not like, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it hit me all at one time and it, it's as if I was experiencing the same emotions over and over and over and over again, like Groundhog Day, right? Mm -hmm. And just reliving that, just reliving those same emotions. And, you know, those, toxins from stress and anxiety it released in your body and it literally started to eat at my nervous system and before you know it i'm looking in the mirror not recognizing myself face super swollen i'm like looking like a demon i tried to get out of bed and i hit the flow completely couldn't get myself back up. I'm trying to slide across the, the floor. I could not move. And you were by yourself. And I was by myself. You know, God put me in isolation for that whole process. God really sat me down. Three days straight, I slept. And this is going to sound crazy, right? For those three days, uh, the fire alarms kept going off. Mm. Just randomly kept going off. Mind you, the fire department showed up, uh, the security showed up to come turn it off, and it, it was still going off. And the housekeepers were letting them in to do all of this stuff, and it was still going off. Wouldn't I stop? And they're like, well, we don't know what, why this is happening. There's no smoke. This shouldn't be happening. You're going to have to get up and take them down. I slept in there with those fire detectors going off for all of those days, and I really feel like that was God telling me, yo, you are on fire. Right. Your body is on fire. I was sweating so hard that it would feel like I pissed in the bed. An unexplainable experience and a really scary one too, you know, not knowing if you gonna, you gonna live. It's, it's crazy because, you know, I had a failing body, but a peaceful mind. But one of the things that has truly kept me here, kept me planted here, is the love for my nieces, man. Right. And what they, that they give me, they like really bring me joy. Like, 
my best friends, mm -hmm. like for real, for real. And I just want to see them do well. I, I just want to see them uh, thrive in life, you know, because I've grown up in this world and I felt, I felt like I haven't had uh, anyone, right? Uh, so I know what that feels like. For me, my gift has been, you know, people around the world making me feel like I have, you know, family in those moments. And I know your sister was at peace knowing that you were there to take care of the you girls. Know, you know, you know, and that's the thing. She, when she asked me uh, would I take custody, I'm like, of course. Mm -hmm. I never thought she would die. I'm, I'm thinking she's going to be right. fine. You're going to shake back because she, she shook back before, right? You know, the next week after that, she was gone. The wildest part about that situation is the happiest that I had ever seen my sister look on this earth is when she was laying on that table. She had a smile, had a smirk on her face, and she looked so full of life. My sister was uh, suffering. I didn't notice at first, but she told uh, her family, told the family, you know, that she ended up signing a, a do not resuscitate paper, right? Oh, wow. Because uh, she, she was suffering, mm -hmm. but she told them not to tell me because she knew I would have been on it to like, you got to fight. Right. And f fight for your, your, your kids. Fight for your, your life. Fight for you, right? But um, she was miserable, man. And uh, she just didn't want to, she didn't want to be here living like that, you know? And uh, I will admit that I, <laughs> I felt some type of way about that at first, right? Her signing the paper, but, whew, you know, losing my health hmm. in the way that I did and it making me lose myself. I get it. And I gave her that freedom, you know, to go on to your, your next chapter. I think that's a part of my uh, issue is that I was in a fight with God about it. Like, how could you do this? Hmm. That doesn't make sense. You wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? Because there are only certain things that a woman can give to a little girl. I just pray that uh, in those spaces that I lack, you know, the universe and God will come in to um, nourish me with that and to be able to feed it to them and also be able to nourish them with whatever they need uh, to survive on this planet. You know, it feels like you're doing a great job with them. From you know, and you know what's even crazier is I've never been away from th them this long, mm -hmm. but I really have been fighting for my health, going to immunotherapy, being there from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It literally takes that long for the medicine. Uh, you know, it's to help boost my immune system. Um, you know, they're like, all right, what's going on? Right. Are you coming? Because they didn't know that I was... Uh, sick in the way that I was and I didn't tell him because I just felt like that would be too much mm -hmm. like you know death it just it felt like it feels like that death is chasing us right uh, you know but we got to continue to choose life I want life and I want life for myself I want life for my kids I trust and believe that uh, we have everything that we need um, 
for the journey. Yeah. When did you decide to go to the doctor? Because a lot of people didn't know how serious. I remember at first they were saying August is losing his vision. Mm -hmm. You did have surgery. Well, that's been a whole process. You know, my health journey has been a whole like roller coaster, right? It's been just this crazy roller coaster ride that I've had to take into my own hands uh, to begin to heal myself because a lot of this comes from that press down oppression that we do to one another. White people have done it to us forever, right? Mm -hmm. It's taught, we're programmed, and now black people do it to one another. So there is every form of oppression. Every way you, you turn, we're all stuck. We all have a knee and a foot on our neck, and so it creates so much animosity, you know? Black people don't trust each other. Right. Think about that. Right, and we have to right now. We have, we all, we, we all we got. Yeah, we have to. But in order to do that, we gotta break down certain barriers that we have built up and made ourselves believe about one another. And what I think that a lot of us don't realize is that that's not even us. It's who we have become mm -hmm. in order to survive right. in this world. But what's now being required is, okay, let's get out of survival mode with one another. We may have to, you know, do that here and there. That divide and conquer really works too. They try mm -hmm. to divide us. Exactly. And then now we're fighting with each other mm -hmm. and doing the work for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that black people have been suffering so long and been at the bottom in the pits of hell for so long that it does feel like there's only room for only one of us mm -hmm. to have a seat at the table. And if I feel like you getting too close and you might take my seat, I got the off you, it's off with your head. And I think that we all have to learn how to uh, pull each other up in any way that we can. And I mean, that's mentally, spiritually, you know, we, we have to really teach each other how to love one another because we all come from lovelessness in some kind of way. There's an absence, there's a lack. We are lacking in so many different areas. You know how I have to get immunotherapy to help build my immune system because I'm deficient. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way. Just as I'm deficient with whatever nutrients or whatever my body needs that it doesn't create, where you don't have it, you beautiful black soul, how can I give you what you lack and you do that? For me in return right with that reciprocity right we have a long a long road to to tow we really do but i think it begins it starts with us being able to love one another and we, we have to teach each other what that is because we don't we don't even know what love looks like a mm -hmm. lot of us or what it feels like it's foreign to us and we have to uh somehow be able to to trust each other in mm -hmm. some type of way right you know, you start off the uh, album with the song NOLA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought that was a great way to start because people I mean, always say this. I want to I wanna, uh, talk about, you know, I want August to be the same August and throw it back to that. and a, Another form mm -hmm. of oppression mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. You don't fit the box or the picture that I've created for you. You're not in that box anymore. So you know what happens? Oh, you changed. Oh, you fake. Fame changed you. 
oh, you gay because you don't look a certain type of way or you don't dress a certain type of way. Your pants don't hang uh, as low, so you're not black enough. Mm -hmm. You don't talk this, this way, so you're not black enough. And you know what we do? You get rid of your own people. Throw them away. You're disposable, right? And it's, a, it's another form of oppression and you trying to force me to be something that you want me to be. And we have to give each other the freedom to be who we are. Right. All of, all of what we are. And it is a journey, because think about when you first came out, where you were, what space you were in. Absolutely. And where you are now, you've been I, through. I was just telling you earlier that I'm rooted, and I'm rooted the same. My core is here within me, but I definitely have evolved. I feel it. I see it. It's all in my... My face is it's all over my body. My spirit feels different. My DNA feels different. I have somehow become so sensitive to everything. Like every little thing. I, I feel I feel everything. And I have to work really hard to keep myself grounded and uh and planted, right? And also not let the outside noise get into me because it's poison. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a balance, though, being sensitive and feeling everything mm -hmm. as opposed to feeling nothing. Yeah. You yeah. know, it is a real and I want to feel. I don't want to. Yeah, you want to. I want to be numb. I, I've done that. I want to feel everything. Mm -hmm. All that comes with it. The, it feels terrible. It hurts. It feels like murder. It feels like I'm being crucified. Give it to me. That's what lets me know I'm alive. Right. I don't want to be a zombie. Let me feel that. I named the project State of Emergency before the world was in a state of emergency. And I think that it's so, <laughs> it's so crazy that the project comes out while the whole world is in a state of emergency. The idea of it is a play on words about how one's pain can be a gift. Yes, it hurts if it doesn't feel good, but your pain can be a blessing to you, and it, it can cause you to go, you know, either way. You run away from it, you numb yourself, or the other side is it causes you to emerge and see from a different view and a different perspective. It also feels like you were learning about your dad yes. somewhat while we were watching the documentary. Absolutely, because I don't know much about him. And it's interesting that just now mm -hmm. some of these questions are getting answered. So. Yeah, I've never known, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know the history of my family, and I think there's a lot of people who don't know the history of uh, their family or, or where, where they come from. And, you know, how can we know ourselves? How, we, how can we even begin to know ourselves if we don't know anything about where we come from, the people we come from, you know? And that's a, a, a struggle in itself, mm -hmm. having to go out into this world and try and be something for yourself when you have never seen an example. For me, uh, learning about my father, it taught me so much um, and it's teaching me so much. Uh, I used to really be mad at my father for being absent in my life. I was mad and angry at my father for being a drug addict. I now know 
going through my illness and you know my grandmother and explaining that my grandfather suffered from illness my father suffered from illness it took them out they couldn't survive it and me experiencing that in the amount of pain i understand why you started to self-medicate mm -hmm. here i am i have the resource at least more resources than they did to be able to get into places and get into these doctors to try to see what's going on. But I know what it's like uh, when my grandmother is saying that my father would show up to the hospital and he's suffering and the doctor is telling you, oh, you look, everything seems to be fine. You don't know what to do with that. You're suffering. So that also has helped to release a lot of my anger. I feel like my drive in this life has been Anger, everything that I have ever accomplished mm -hmm. has come from anger. That's been my drive. That's what gets me going. Oh, I'm, once I'm mad, I will add this bitch out. Right. Clean out. We don't want that guy back. No, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Once I get mad, that's it. That's so many black people's drive, mm -hmm. right? And there's a part in the documentary where I talk about black families growing up around the use of crack, right? Whether it's being sold or used, whatever. Um, and I, I, I know some people kind of felt a, a little way about that because they're like, oh, well, bl all black people don't go. And so I never said all black people. Right. Black people, where I'm from, we really from the trenches. Listen, New York, it was really bad. And it, who was it? Right, it, it was, was our black, people. Yeah. It was put in our communities. It's our people. And you know, now, white people are also experiencing that with... Opioids. Exactly, <laughs> right? But now that's more treated like a sickness and not a crime. Whereas when crack was happening, that's a crime. And mm -hmm. you, You're going to jail for using it? Yeah. You're going to jail And not for only selling? that, we're going to judge you about it. Mm -hmm. When... You know, people are suffering. People trying to patch up those wounds. And when you can't figure out how to get through that, you start to self-medicate. When I was sick and in the hospital, woke up from, from that coma and my body was hitting me and hurting me, and they continue to give you these pills, and you're taking it because you need help. And they're highly addictive. Yes, and you're not even realizing. Then you just up and you try and stop and you're like, whoa. That pain feels like being hit by a bus. You know what I'm saying? And people will, you know, try and talk about it and, you know, use it in a way to degrade you. Oh, you had an addiction, this, that, and the third. And it's like, yo, I can shake anything that I want to in this life. And no one would have ever known that if I never shared it. Right. We'll be right back after this sponsored ad. This experience has taught me so much about allowing people to go through their journey and not being so judgmental because you don't know what people are dealing with. People are not junkies just to be junkies. Mm -hmm. Even you being so vulnerable, showing yourself in the Absolutely. hospital in the documentary and saying, mm -hmm. look, I don't want people to feel bad for me mm -hmm. because I'm sick or treat me differently yeah, yeah. because 
of this sickness that I have. That's not an easy thing to it's, reveal to people. Absolutely, it's not. Because as I said before, I would process it as a weakness. I learning how to walk people. again. Yeah, learning that's how surreal. to talk again. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk. And that could end your career. Absolutely. Clearly, that's what you do. I was, I was afraid for a while, you know? And then it's just like, yo, well, it's going to be what it's going to be. I got to give it to God. But I couldn't speak. I had to teach myself how to talk again. I didn't know what Guillain-Barre syndrome was before I was diagnosed with That's it. That's the first time I heard of it was because of you. I never heard of it before. It's so scientific. I'm reading up on it, and it's like the perfect storm of things has to happen, like a mixture of some uh, like food, a massive amount of stress, and like some type of something, and then it just eats your nerves. And it ate my nerves inside of my legs, and I was done for, and I had to fight for my life. I was in the hospital, had to go to physical therapy rehab, and I'm still fighting for my life. Still teaching myself to get stronger, to be able to move around. You know, I'm not at 100%. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I, ain't, I wouldn't even lie to you. My body knows when it starts to need my immunotherapy sessions. I start to drop and I start to crash, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, it's time. I need that assistance to kind of help give me that boost. I do think there hasn't been any awareness on uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and it can happen to anybody. Right. And it can happen to you like that. And it will sit you down. The doctors were telling me, it's good that you got in here when you did because you could have died. Right. That's another reason in me sharing it is to bring some kind of awareness yeah, because that could happen to someone you didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. The doctors didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. It took some time. And you know what I was thinking about, too, the other day, is we used to have these conversations, mm. right, when you first came out, about how hard it was for you to celebrate or mm. even, like, enjoy any type of success. And part of what you talk about is, like, bracing yourself for something bad to happen and not being able to accept mm -hmm. just these blessings you're and still like, having this, like, anxiety about, like, okay, something bad. Always, like, and you, you always brace for impact, like, you can never get settled. So many bombs have gone off in our lives that you are always expecting it. I can remember being at school, coming home from school, and my mother and my stepfather would fight so much. It would always go down. We would always have to run away. I started to look forward to it. At first, I'm afraid, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, even as an adult, I'm still trying to shake that uh, from it, just the rumblings inside my house, right, and being so afraid as a kid. It's going to go down in the house today, and we're going to get to run away and go to a motel. It's like, you know, a little kick dope getaway, right? It starts to become fun, and chaos starts to become your normal. You know, for me, I'm just, like, trying to tear down all those walls of dysfunction and chaos and that I've created as my normal, you know, because that's not normal. Right, that's well, not. listen, I'm happy to see that you have put out this project, though. Thank you. So let's talk about it, because mm -hmm. I know we've been talking about so many yeah. different things, and part of that is because as I was watching the documentary, I had so many questions, but like I said, it does so much, you know, relate back 
to what you talk about in the music. And there is some fun stuff in there, too. Yeah. We know you still like going to the strip club. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. You know, I like to I like to see things. I'm a visual person. <laughs> I, I like to see things. And, you know, the more you experience in life, the more you mm -hmm. experience love, the more you, you can actually talk about things, right? I think the funniest, <laughs> the funniest thing is uh there's and this conversation conversation still happens to this day where you know so many people are concerned about oh uh uh girl he don't eat vagina oh that's my fault <laughs> that people think that yes now listen exactly. you created this you <laughs> and created first of all this. and i told you this right mm -hmm. some of your fans uh -huh. hated me after that because they thought that we had like a situation and i would go places and they'd be like oh she messing with august and she was and i'm like nah me and august are cool and yeah. it would be like fun conversation to me you know, obviously, you did lip service. You were one of the first people when I brought it yes, back. Yes, I did. That did my podcast. The very first episode, right? Yeah, you showed us some pictures of yourself. I just was saying that. <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day. I'm like, yeah, I remember doing uh, ye lip service. And you I'm just, send out dick pics. I'm young, dumb, full of cum. And I'm like, oh, y'all like, oh, we want to, can we see your dick? I'm like, sure, why not? You know, and I look at, it's crazy because I look at those videos now and I'm like cringing at them. Like, wow, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's what being young and, you know, right. ready. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, just young and ready, you know. Uh, but like I said, things change, man. You know, once you, you, experience a certain type of love in this life you want to please your lover in any way possible okay so you're saying you do eat vagina now i mean absolutely okay I'm, that's I'm, all you have to say I'm, <laughs> you know i'm 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 growing and the, that's what i'm saying is i never said that i don't eat vagina right ladies make sure that the man that you with eats vagina and that's all period okay ever said that i don't <laughs> eat vagina. I'm just saying that I didn't eat everybody's vagina. Okay, just a select few. That mean absolutely. Right. Because and fellas, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't gotta eat you don't gotta eat it's just anyone's vagina, okay? Make sure that the vagina that you're eating is special to you. That I know several people <laughs> who literally will eat anybody's box. Okay. You okay. put your mouth on anything. Right. Seafood connoisseurs. And I'm just, exactly. And I'm just. Not seafood connoisseurs. But you still haven't swam to the butt yet, right? No. Okay. Nah, nah, not yet. It's right there. It's right no, here. No, 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 no. Nah, not yet. Okay, so you haven't been in love, love yet. Nah, I mean, I, I, I've been in love, love. <laughs> but I got a complex with poo, man. I don't really. Don't, I don't really enjoy poo. Well, we don't want you to eat that. There's <laughs> a difference. I mean, if it's poo, clean, yeah. it's, if it's clean, it's clean. But poo, that's where it's at. Right that's... after the shower, after a bath, maybe, some salt water in the ocean. You might got to dig up in there and like, <laughs> make sure nothing is there. Cause if okay, I, so it's not off the table. If I get a, lot, a speck in my mouth, uh, I'm a... Uh, after all I'm you've been through, that's what makes you traumatized? Yeah, I'm traumatized because you know, you know what happened? Um, oh, God. You had an experience. I, I did. I did. I've had an experience one time, and she, you know, kind of shot it on me, and I, I was like... Oh, wait, so you were, wait, were you doing anal? And she no, shot I tried, yeah, I tried okay, it. I tried to. I tried it. Okay. We don't need to know work. This. From the picture that we saw, I don't know like, if you're the first, you're the one that should be breaking people in. 
Ooh. in that way, but I, I, I'm gonna just, <laughs> I, I plead the fifth on, on that right yes, there. Yes, plead the fifth. So you think you'll ever be in love like you were in love again, or <sighs> do you look forward to that, or you think that was just something that could never be? Was that like a soulmate? Do you believe in that? Absolutely, I do. I believe in that. Absolutely. And you know, soulmates can come in many forms. In the form of friends, mm -hmm. lovers, whatever. I think that that experience was really tough for me and uh, took a lot out of me that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I am even prepared for a relationship. I saw you said you were days, celibate right? now. Yeah, I haven't had sex in so long. What's so it's long? Wow. Uh, probably like going on three years now. Wow, that is a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. You know, but I haven't even really necessarily had a huge desire. I think there's a, something that I was researching uh, called demisexual. Uh, demisexuality, basically like uh, you are sexually attracted to people that you feel emotion from, right? Whereas back in the G, I just used to be able to hit something like, what's good? Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I just used to be able to hit the number and you know, it, 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 now emotions have to be involved, you know? I know, you said that your penis had low self-esteem at that point. <laughs> there, was a, there was a time where, where my, 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 my penis did have you know, low self-esteem. There was, there was definitely a time and I would hit anything with two legs. Mm -hmm. Hit anything and a vagina. Yeah. I would, hit, <laughs> <laughs> I would hit anything with two legs and a vagina. I mean, after you do so much of that, it gets old to you. And it feels like you want love so absolutely, bad. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I actually, I love love. Mm -hmm. A lot of people kind of have been confused about me or whatever because I know sometimes, you know, I. I be tripping or whatever. You see certain clips or glimpses of a person and you think that this is who this person is, you know, when they're angry or whatever. I'm a lover. It's something that I, I desire, but it's not uh, something that I, I, I look for, you know? Mm -hmm. If it shows up, it shows up. It has to be natural. Yeah. I love how you flip Tank's song on the album. Thank you. Thank you know, you. You what know that's, that's a part of me growing up. You know, you go from a song like... Uh, Porn star to as <laughs> soon as I walk in, right? Uh, that's a part of like evolution and experiencing a certain type of love here on on this planet. And you know, when I used to listen to Marvin Gaye or like Luther, it really made you feel something. Uh, mm -hmm. and you, you can visualize, you can actually see it through the lyrics that they sing, what that love feels like and what it looks like. And um, that's just the kind of place that I'm, you know, trying to evolve into. Um, and I know we were talking earlier about how 27 songs can seem like a lot. This was solely for my core base. Right. To re reactivate them and f feed them for all the years that I had been not putting out music. It's for them, you know, and giving them that allows me to be able to, on my next project, continue my evolution when it comes to, you know, my art and in my music. Was there ever a time you thought you didn't want to do music anymore? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I still, even now, I question it a lot because it takes a lot out of me. You know, I think people don't really know, like, 
it, it affects me. Like, it's, it's hard work to tour and your body doesn't feel like you can do it. Man, I was at the Highline Ballroom when you passed out on the stage. Really? I was there that, that night. Yeah. And then you were in a coma after, and I remember yes. it was a big secret. Like, mm -hmm. nobody can know mm -hmm. that August is in the mm -hmm. hospital, he's in a coma, yes. it's been bad. Yes. And so, yes. you know, people just thought it was exhaustion, because it is exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. It was literally from exhaustion and not really uh, properly taking care of myself and not nourishing myself in a, in a way that I should, but you know, people don't really understand how taxing this is. It's hard work and uh, trying to do what I feel called to do, but not necessarily feeling like I have the strength to be able to do it all the time. And also, like I said, you know, as my spirit evolves, I, for whatever reason, become more and more sensitive mm -hmm. and have to work really hard to fight off all the outside energies and the outside noise, you know? Not let the poison in. One thing I noticed too, watching your documentary, you're a good interviewer. Really? <laughs> you were asking questions, and I was like, look, you were kind of hosting. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, you know, I try. Uh, <laughs> but I actually am really uh, interested in people, you know? Mm -hmm. I think so many different kind of people in the world, and I, I'm just always like, you know, what's going on in your world? You know, again, trying to see myself in others because we all are so alike than we, we, we think. Everybody think we so different and we out, out here by ourselves, but a lot of us are actually alike. I do enjoy producing, directing. Uh, it. I have a, a love for it. You know, it's, it really is like giving birth to a baby because, you know, you're spending all this amount of time with it baking, right? And then it's finally time to come to life. It's so beautiful, you know? One thing I saw people talking about online is a song, If We Break Up. Yes. And some of the petty things that you would do. <laughs> Have you ever done any of those things? Like, what are some of the pettiest August Alcina breakup stories? I mean, stories? this is what I'm saying. In the song, I said it's, a, it's I'm high and I'm tripping. Hypothetical. It's, it's a hypothetical, you know. You've done some things though, because there's no way you just make that up. <laughs> it's a hypo. It's a hypothetical. You know how you <laughs> you smoke and you like your brain just kind of goes off into. And I'm like, girl, I hope it never happens, because it's hard to imagine <laughs> how it would be completely different, like between you and me if we broke up. Those things really, they really could happen. <laughs> I think it, it is, a, you know, the petty me inside. It, it, he's in there. Are you friends with all your exes? Um, I mean, what do you consider friends? Like you, can, like happy birthday messages. Maybe y'all could grab a meal. Well, I actually don't have too many exes. Okay, how um, many do you have? You would say probably three. Mm-hmm. With one of those, I wasn't even, uh, I guess, mature enough in that time, so it didn't even feel like a relationship. Did you guys live together? No, no, absolutely not. Have you ever lived with anybody? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and see you every day and, you know, and that's, a, that's the thing, when you break away from that, when you try and break away from that after you've been living a certain way for so long, that's a tough and excruciating thing to do. It really is. Well, I know we could talk for hours and hours and hours and I know we'll do this again. Absolutely. But I want you to give us just mm -hmm. um, having to deal with everything you've gone through mm -hmm. in and out of the hospital 
and not knowing what was going to happen, what are some of the lessons that you would leave us with? The biggest lesson for me has been to always strive for more, always strive for something different, and to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's a really hard thing to do, but those uncomfortable places and those tight places forces you to rise up or get crushed. I agree with that. I always say if I'm too comfortable, that means I gotta do something yeah, more. Yeah, I, I need to do something different. So many people in the world are stuck and afraid to be their true selves because everybody's so afraid of what the next person is gonna say. Mm-hmm. Or how the next person is that's gonna feel. Fact. Of course, we don't wanna offend anyone. I don't wanna offend anyone. That's never my intention. Right. Uh, but when the fear of staying the same is greater than the fear of change, it's time to change. Right. Mm. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want your foot on my neck. I don't want your knee on my neck. I don't want to walk around elephants. I want to feel freedom. That's what we as black people have been fighting for our whole lives. We're asking for freedom. Asking, asking, asking. We're begging, begging we're singing tunes for freedom. Mm -hmm. But we won't actually give the gift of freedom to ourselves. Mm. We're asking everybody else to free us. Mm-hmm. And I think that the journey to freedom from everyone else starts with you mm -hmm. being brave enough mm -hmm. to free yourself yes. first. Mm -hmm. Period. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> well, thank you, August. I always appreciate you. And thank you for just being so great to me for all these years. You know, I got a lot of love for you. I, really I have a lot do. of love for you, too. You I really for... appreciate it. And it's an honor for me to be able to sit here and do this interview with you because... This album is such an important album. Like I said, it's only been out for one day, so I've managed <laughs> yes. to listen to it like three times. But, you know, this is the kind of album you do have to sit with mm -hmm. and go through and find different favorite songs as yeah. you're listening to it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. much appreciated, and I highly tell everybody just watch the documentary also, and it'll yes. help you connect mm -hmm. even better. That's why I think being able to write music is important, because mm -hmm. those experiences, right, it's different when someone just gives you a song then when you can yeah, also absolutely. When your life even co-write or express your, your DNA own feeling. is in it. I'm all over, you know, the project. I'm I'm all over it. But yeah man, thank mm -hmm. you for being a part of uh my journey. I, I literally love you. I love everyone for that matter. But I literally Okay, have that didn't so feel so much. special nah, when you nah, said nah, that nah. just now. Nah, I, I, I just want people <laughs> to know that I really do have love for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I do. I got love for everybody. I want to see everybody win. I want to see everybody eat. And, but for, as for you in particular, I'm thankful for this moment. It's been very freeing for me, and I feel like a lot of weight has been lifted off of me. And I'm just thankful to you for assisting me uh, in this journey. And you've always done that. You've always been in my corner. You've always supported me uh, since, since the very first time. And um, I'm just thankful for who you are. I really admire you as a woman and how you you hold it down in this business. And I just think you you're dope. August. Straight up, you dope. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Always. is always love. All right. Well, thank you, August Alcina. Make sure y'all stream it, buy it, yes, do whatever sir. you want to do. Wow, y'all. 
So that was definitely a long interview, but it definitely gave me insight to August, how he is as a person, how he has evolved over time. I ain't gonna lie, I really was expecting to see some like <laughs> some some tea being spilt, but honestly speaking, he was being honest, he was being authentic, he was being himself and you know, I really genuinely appreciate that 110%. I really genuinely don't like how the media literally, like literally he talked about Jada for five minutes, probably even less than that. And the media just took it and ran with it. And of course, Jada and Will Smith had to, oh, he texted me back, LOL, sorry. Um, of course, Jada and Will Will Smith had to has something to say. I'm gonna see if I can find it on um, Facebook. I don't really be on Facebook, but apparently the Red Table Talk. Oh, they got nine million followers. Her jaw. Three seasons, sixty two. 62, 62 episodes. They only got 62 episodes? Okay. Their first 101 conversation. What is this? Do you feel like you... Oh, this is Father's Day. Okay. This. So, we're about to watch the red... We're Well, okay. So, I'm about to watch the... Basically... Jada and Will talking, addressing the recent headlines and share, you know, their journey of finding peace through pain. That's what it's saying in the description of this video. So let's see what they talking about. Red table for me. Um, <laughs> just all this stuff. Nah, because this just says Jada brings herself to the table. This is funny. Okay, let's go. That's going on in the press. I felt like it was important to come to the table to really clear the air. Somebody made a statement for me that wasn't a statement I made mm -hmm. that went cray-cray. And one of the reasons why I wanted to come to the table is the media, the headlines, oh. we specifically never said anything. anything. Yes. We were purposely not saying anything. Any headline that says Jada said or Will said or the Smith said mm -hmm. is not true. We specifically never said anything. Right. So people was capping on it. See, this is, this is, I was literally talking about this in one of my episodes that literally anything you see on social media, you really got to take it with a pinch of salt because the media will twist any, any and everything. And this is why it's important. This is why I felt like it was important to watch both um, interviews to really genuinely get an overall sense of what was talked about. And so that way, when I actually talk about my opinions, because listen, I'm going to get into my opinions. When I talk about my opinions, at least they'll be based on what I actually watched. Like y'all literally sat here with me listening to August's interview. So we're gonna listen to we're we're listening to Jada's interview, but they literally debunked everything that basically they ain't say shit. They ain't say shit, and that's on period. Okay, let's continue. Specifically, never said anything. Right. So coming to the table was like we just felt like 
it got to the point where you got to say something. Yeah, and, you know? and, and to stop that cycle. Yeah. You know, there's people's feelings involved. Right, right. You know, and at the end of the day, yeah. I don't like how all of this came to be. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's all love, mm -hmm. honestly. And I would usually not, you know, that, that would be something I wouldn't comment on at all. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it's a situation that I consider private. You just feel like it ain't really nobody, nobody's, nobody's business. business. Yeah. But yeah. It really isn't. But now Black Twitter has claimed <laughs> it as their business. But, you know, I feel like it's, it's healing that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Yeah. Even though this is minuscule, I do feel like it's these kinds of things that create the world that we're in. Mm -hmm. And the idea of not communicating, yeah. not talking about it, not clearing the air, and just being as transparent. Mm -hmm. yeah. To be honest, if they really wanted to clear the air, they should have just invited August to the red table, but okay. okay. Transparent. And I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah, I thank you for that, because you've been on a hell of a journey with me. So yeah. that's what we're going to start with, we're is that start this with... is a very personal journey yep. that became very public. Yes, absolutely. For whatever reason. So what happened, Jada? Okay, what so happened, let's start Jada? with, I guess about four and a half years ago. This is literally four years ago, and it's coming up now. Like, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Like, this was dead four years ago. We, we, didn't, know, we didn't need to know about this. But, of course, you know, Angela Yee asked, you know, for clarification. And also, I want to say, Angela Yee actually did really, really good in that interview. I liked how she was more so of an empath. She was actively listening to him. And on top of that, too, she just allowed him to talk and allowed him to speak how he felt, what he thought, and just to be himself. And I really, I like that. Excuse me. It was a really good interview. It was a really good interview. Like, one of, one of like, I'm not going to say one of the best, but one of the good interviews that I've actually seen. She started a, I think it was four and a half, four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, four years started ago. a friendship with August mm -hmm. and we actually became really really good friends mm -hmm. and it all started with him just needing some help mm -hmm. you know me wanting to help his health his mental state because for me that was the thing when I when um when Aug first came around he was he was really, really sick. sick he was really you know? really sick yeah and the outpouring for him from our family was uh, initially about his health. Yeah. And I mean, we found all those different resources, mm -hmm. you know, to help pull him through. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, you and I were going through a very difficult time. Yeah. And we decided... I was done with your you, ass. Yeah, you kicked me to I the curb. I was done with you. Yeah. <laughs> We Marriages have that, though. Yeah, Marriages have that. Yeah, we basically, mm -hmm. we broke up. We decided that we were going to separate for a period of time, and you go figure out how to make yourself happy, and I'll figure out how to make myself happy. Well, at that particular point in time, it was indefinite. Yeah, I really felt like we could be over. You yeah, know? no, and, we were over. And then what did you do, Jada? Well, you know, what I did think you do, Jada? from there... You know, as time went on, I got into a different kind of entanglement. 
-hmm. with August. And one thing I want to get clear about and clean up, one of the things that was kind of swirling in the press about you giving permission, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, the only person that can give permission in, in, in that particular uh, uh, yes. circumstance is myself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what August was probably trying to communicate, mm -hmm. because I could actually see how he would perceive it as permission because we were separated mm -hmm. amicably. Yeah. And I think he also wanted to make it clear that he's not a homewrecker, mm -hmm. which he's not. I think so. I mean, because this is your red table, and you like brought yourself to the red table. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. As far as what you and I decided we were going to take our space, and what happened. Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with August. That's what I said. An entanglement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A relationship. Yes. It wasn't. Yeah. See, even Will know what she said was. Quasesem, but okay. Quasesem means nonsense for those who don't understand tree. Tree. Absolutely. I was in a lot of pain and I was very broken. Now, in the process of that relationship, I definitely realized that you can't find happiness outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And luckily enough, you and I were also going through a process of healing in a much different manner. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say we did everything that we could to get away from each other, only mm -hmm. to realize that that mm -hmm. wasn't possible. So we come to the red table. So I'm in, I'm in the Jada position right now. So, okay. you know, you, during that time, launched into an interaction mm -hmm. with August. What do you feel like um, you were looking for? I just wanted to feel good. Mm -hmm. It had been so long mm -hmm. since I felt good. Mm -hmm. And it was really a joy to just help heal somebody. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with my codependency, which is another thing that I had to learn to break in this cycle, just mm -hmm. that idea of needing to fix and being drawn to people that need help whether it's your health or whether it's your addictions, mm -hmm. there's something about that childhood trauma mm -hmm. um, that feels as though it can be fixed through fixing people mm -hmm. versus fixing me. Yeah. And I think that that whole process with all really showed me that mm -hmm. and taught me that. And I'm really grateful for that lesson. I feel like that husband, like I'm with you at the press conference. <laughs> I'm that husband, I'm with, now I gotta be with you at the press conference <laughs> while you like tell the world uh, about your transgressions. <laughs> well, like I love, I love my baby, I'm gonna stand by my baby no matter what. Well, you know, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand mm -hmm. um, why it would look that way or feel that way, but I actually don't look at it as a transgression at all. Through that particular journey, I learned so much mm -hmm. about myself and was able to really confront a lot of emotional immaturity, mm -hmm. emotional insecurity, mm -hmm. and I was really able to do some really deep healing. Mm -hmm. You know, and as I came through and started to realize certain things about you and I, he decided to 
break all communication with me, right. which was totally understandable. Right. Um, and I let that be and hadn't talked to him since. Right. So it is a little weird that all this stuff is coming out now yeah. since this was Yeah, because for me several... this was years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so the fact that it's uh, coming up now, and I think it could feel weird for people that we're laughing and, and talking about it, but... It happened so long ago. You know, and our experiences of working through it, fighting through it, talking through it, and therapizing right. through it, I think that the why now is weird. Yeah, when I say it's been a huge healing on my life, and just what I had to confront and discover. Yeah you know, about myself, yeah. the ugly truths mm -hmm. and the beauty. Mm -hmm. So it was something that I felt like wasn't really ready to mm -hmm. be discussed because it hadn't been that mm -hmm. healing because he hasn't wanted to, you know, Aug and I haven't talked in so long, you know what I mean? So I don't know, this, this, this all seemed very strange, yeah. you know, but I'm just, I'm grateful for the journey that you and I have had together. Yeah. Because I feel like there are a lot of couples that go through those periods. Yeah. And a lot of couples that have to separate and yeah. think it's over and, yeah. you know. And one thing I'll say about you and I is that there's never been secrets. Right. We came together uh, young and we were both broken in our own ways. And to be able to make mistakes without the fear of losing your family is so critical. Yeah, it's the idea of any relationship and trying to get to deeper understanding of love is going to be forged in fire. Yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I'm deeply grateful in this whole process between you and I is that we have really gotten to that new place Yes. Of unconditional love. Because I wasn't sure I was ever going to speak to you again. I know, I know. Yeah, like, the fact that I'm speaking to you again is, is, a, <laughs> is a miracle. Um, <laughs> I would agree. I would no, agree. No, but it ain't for the weak at heart. There's just certain things that you have to go through, and it's like... And I wish, you know... I wish that wasn't the case. <laughs> I do. I Absolutely. wish that yeah, wasn't sure. the hey, case. I sure wish it could be all magic and miracles. Yeah. You got to go through some to get the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm just happy because I definitely believe that you and I, we never, ever, ever thought that we would make yeah, it back. Yeah, there's a real power in the just knowing somebody's riding with you no matter what. Yeah. And you really can't know that. Until you go through, until some... through some stuff, you know? I don't want to go through this no more. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. either. Yeah. I'm going to get you back first, and then... You're going to get me back. I think you've gotten me back. <laughs> I think you've... <laughs> I think we're good on that, okay? <laughs> okay, that might, that's probably true. That's you know, true. but... Um, and I don't think it's about getting anybody back. No, for me it is. Okay. Um, I'll give you that petty... <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, I will definitely say mm -hmm. it's just part of it. Yeah. You know, if you expect to be with somebody for a lifetime. 25 years and counting. Mm. We ride together. 
we die together. together. Bad marriage for life. <laughs> That's terrible. It's the truth. It's the truth. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just part of the journey. I told you the first year we were were married. What'd you tell me? That I can love you through anything. And I didn't believe you. Yeah. If somebody looked through a crystal ball and said, this, 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 and this is going to happen, I'd be like, mm -hmm. no way. Yeah. You thought I was that, that I didn't have the girth that it was going to take to ride with I you didn't, through. Yeah. I didn't know if you would be willing to find the deep capacity to love me. Yeah. How am I doing? You doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this, y'all, August, August interview has 3.4 million views, but with the Red Table Talk, it's literally 34, 34 million views on the Red Table Talk, and only 3.4 million views on August All Seeing interview. How do I feel about the... <laughs> Listen, honestly speaking, if I really had to tell y'all, Will and Jada, Will and Jada, J Will and Jada Smith, their marriage is. Let me just say, they they said a while ago that they are life partners. It's different from being a life partner with somebody is very very different from like being in a whole marriage. Like it's it's different, and it's crazy because I was even talking to my mom about this, and my mom. <laughs> My mom was say my mom she didn't know about the whole August Alcina thing, but she knew about, you know, Jada and Will Smith's relationship. And she essentially said that that's not a, a, a particular relationship that people such as my age, a little bit older, a little bit younger, should look up to. Now, to be honest, I personally feel as though um, I'm looking through the comments, but I think it's funny how people was going in on Jada about what she said, and I will say this, right, at least to an extent she took accountability for, I say to an extent, I'm not going to say fully because I personally feel like Jada and Will Smith were glazing over things. I personally feel as though if they really wanted clarity on this whole situation they should have just invited august to the red table talk i mean why not all three of y'all have a conversation i mean why not uh like literally why not especially if you you felt the need to come to the red table and try to i guess i don't even know like try to you know talk about what happened like i just feel like things were really glazed over i really didn't get that authenticity that i got from august alcina i want people to know that jada and will smith are both actors like they're actors like this i feel like in this particular space they're straight up acting i mean she i personally feel like i don't care what, i mean august said that basically jada smith did not jada pickett smith did not um I guess what did he say he said that like that's exactly what it was it was an entanglement but I personally feel as though like let's really we gotta we gotta keep the same energy and we need to, we need to call people out on their shit I will say yes 
I just lost my chain of thought. LOL. I would say yes. Even though uh, um even though Jada Pickett Smith, even though Jada said, you know, said and, you know, literally took accountability for her shit to an extent, right? I don't I find it funny how men are just like coming for her on the internet. Like let's not do that. Like let's not let's not let's not come for her because Y'all are the same men that glorify men such as Future, okay? Y'all are the same men that, you know, that fuck with Chris Brown. And it's not just men too, also women too. But y'all glorify Future. Y'all fuck with Chris Brown. What else? Kanye West. Who else? Kodak Black. Little Wayne. 50 Cent. But yet, when a... When a when a black woman talks her shit, it's a problem. Now, I personally feel as though Will Smith knew about this because I'm pretty sure Will Smith got side pieces. Like, Will Smith got side pieces. Like, ain't no way he don't got side pieces. I believe he got side pieces. Um, side pieces that we just don't know about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think in a way, I personally feel like if you really take a look back at Jada and Will's with Will's relationship. Like let's really keep it a buck hundred. Jada was into Tupac. Like even Will had talked about one of his um one of his um interviews that he was intimidated by Tupac. He was. He was. I think Jada I mean not Jada, I think Will loves Jada, but I feel as though in a way Jada probably does not give him um, and this this is just assumptions. I'm not saying this is, like, real life. I'm not saying this is real life. This is what I'm assuming from what I've seen in interviews, how I've seen their relationship has, like, you know, evolved over the years. I personally feel as though Will Smith, like, loves Jada, but I feel as though Jada probably doesn't give him that emotional connection as he should and that's why they're life partners they're life partners um i don't know i'm not feeling i'm not feeling the red table talk at all i'm not feeling it at all i personally feel as though jada prayed on august it's the same thing like this is why i said we gotta keep the same energy like jada is in her 40s august is in her 20s if the roles were reversed, and let's say if it was a man in his 40s and it was a woman in his 20s, we would we would probably all be up in arms like, oh no, that's 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 effed up, da da da. But why is it okay for Jada, like for Jada in August, like it's not okay. I personally feel as though she used August, like based off of what she said, I feel as though she in a way used august to make herself feel good to make herself feel better like i just i feel like she used him to try to i guess create happiness for herself and this is even something i learned that you have to learn how to be happy on your own you have to learn how to create happiness within yourself for yourself by yourself right you gotta create your own happiness and then when you have a partner you 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 pour into each other you cannot pour into somebody if you are not pouring into yourself now i personally feel as though 
Jada was using August to pour into herself instead of her pouring into herself. You feel me? Y'all get me? Y'all get my drift? Um, August said that it was an entanglement, but I personally feel as though she preyed on him. I mean, like, look at the things that he was going through. He was going through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And even the way she talked about it just made it seem very minuscule. Like, it was, it, like, it was, let me not say it was nothing, but how it came off, it was just like, you know, he was going through, you know, his mental health, he was sick, that, you know, it just, like, where's that, where's that, I don't even know how to explain it, where's that um, compassion, like, I didn't feel any type of compassion from Jada and Will, like, I personally feel like they literally did this to capitalize, which is very, very smart, because, like I said, if you tune into the other interview, August was talking about Jada for like five minutes, like five minutes out of an hour long interview, bruh, five minutes. And y'all took, y'all took time out of y'all day, Jada and Will, y'all took time out of, out of y'all day to sit down and talk about it, knowing damn well y'all really didn't have to talk about it. Y'all didn't have to correct shit because like I, like I said in one of my episodes, what you know is, is more important than what someone else's than what someone else think and that's on period okay and so and this is why I don't like social media because social media has literally took this and ran with it whole bunch of memes going around it's just mm -mm. I just feel like Jada was not emphatic at all emphatic empathic whatever y'all know what I'm trying to say but I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. I mean, to be honest, I already felt some type of way about seeing the snippet of Jada and Will Smith's interview. But after, like, actually watching August, August's interview, I really feel some type of, like, I really feel some type of way about Jada and Will's interview. Like, I feel like we didn't need that. Like, we, we really didn't need that. We really didn't need it. It was not needed. It was not needed at all like I just think that in a way you get to see how they are as people and mm, it's not giving me good vibes at all but y'all let's listen to August uh let's listen to August's new song called Entanglement help my man to get some coins let me know what y'all think let me know what y'all think because I personally I'm I'm mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I think, personally speaking, Jada and Will didn't have to come to the red table. They didn't need to. They didn't need to talk about it. I personally feel like Jada was in a situation where she felt bad, and she used August to make herself feel good. And you can't do that. Like, obviously, they're both two consenting adults, but nah, like, nah, nah. I'm not. I'm not with it. Cause, like, just think about it. Just think about. Just, I'm I'm thinking about okay if I was in that position right, I'm with I'm I'm married and and the way they talking about they was like oh we separated you in a whole marriage like like marriage is not as easy as people think marriage is really hard staying with somebody is really 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 hard committing yourself to one person is really hard like it's not as easy as people might claim it to be or might think it to be. So to see how they're talking about their marriage, I'm just like, yo, 
Yo, but it's real life. It's real life. But let's listen to Entanglements. Let's listen to it. Special moment in history. to an extent sounds different and I feel like listening to that that interview like watching the interview kind of made me see August in a different way so listening to this song is like I don't know but it's not bad it's actually not bad I like it I don't know if it's like a song that I would like listen to regularly but I like it so I like it I like it I'll just say that but I feel like after watching that that um that interview i don't know like the songs that i'm expecting from august is like high high level like high level but that's just my opinion um let me know what y'all think about this whole entanglement situation i know i'm late but we had to talk about it we had to talk about it um I just think that I just think that the the internet took five minutes of August interview and ran with it. I'm not here for a lot of men, uh, you know. See, the men they was upset. The men they was upset because they're just like, oh, women say men are trash, da 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 da. And now and now look, now look, now look, and I'm just like, bruh, y'all still glorify these men out here that do fuck shit and lie all the time but yet a woman has come forth and didn't lie like she didn't lie about what happened between her and august she told you know she told her piece period period a lot of men cannot do that a lot of men cannot do that at least she talked her shit to an extent but yeah that's my opinion on 
watching both the interviews. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I know it's long, but I just wanted to get both sides. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, my opinion would be based off of, you know, both interviews. And so I hope y'all enjoyed listening to both of these interviews, especially if you didn't listen to it yourself. Before I leave y'all, I got to do the jump job of today. The jump job of today is reminder to self, speak up. Don't make your throat a graveyard to your feelings, thoughts, and needs. And that's essentially what August was saying in his interview. Thank y'all so much for tuning into AK Unfiltered. Make sure y'all go follow me on Instagram at I'm.AK underscore underscore. That's the letter I, the letter M, dot AK underscore underscore. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into AK Unfiltered. This is your girl AK, and your girl AK is out. Bye, y'all.